I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Vanessa Hummel is an Australian accredited practicing dietitian and certified IBS and FODMAP expert dietitian. She specializes in helping women with IBS overcome their struggles with bloating, constipation, and diarrhea. Welcome, Vanessa. Can you share where we can find you on social media? So I'm on Instagram at ibs.freedom. Excellent. And if you could just share what your nutrition philosophy is so the listeners can get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, so I'm really passionate, I guess, about providing my clients with nutrition advice that they can feel really confident with. So I'm very much sort of like evidence-based and like to help them sift through all the misinformation that's available out there. And I'm also very much about tailoring I guess, my advice to their individual needs because no two people are ever the same as we know as dietitians. And I really want my clients to feel supported along their journey with me. Wonderful. So personalized, individualized, evidence-based nutrition education. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and then can you talk a little bit about gut health and kind of like how you got into that space, which I know is, you know, you're based in Australia and that's a very popular niche in Australia. So can you talk a little bit about that journey? Yeah, so I guess my I, I've been was diagnosed with IBS myself many, many years ago. And it kind of took almost 10 years to really get a diagnosis and seeing all doctors and I didn't really feel supported. And I found that a lot of the clients that I see kind of had a very similar experience. So I was kind of wanted to help them along the way to make things a lot easier for them. So they didn't so I guess eliminate all of that trial and error and give them the support that they needed. Wonderful. So you save them time and you give them the support you wish you would have had by solving the pain point of information so they can learn what foods to eat to manage their symptoms with IBS. Is that correct? Yeah, 100%. Fantastic. Okay, so can you talk to us a little bit about your journey? Um, You know, I know you're you're doing great work on social media. Can you talk about where you started out and then where you are now with your, you know, seeing clients and attracting clients and just your messaging and yeah, just, just break it down for us. I know it's definitely a long process, I think, for any of us. But I think I started out sort of the more traditional way. So I was already working in private practice as a nutritionist before I graduated from my master's in dietetics. But it was sort of like a side job and nothing really profitable, just some good experience, I kind of guess. So straight out of uni, I was really excited to get started in my private practice and had all these visions of growing my business so quickly and everything was going to be kind of wonderful. But I just saw kind of face-to-face clients in the clinic, individual sessions, um, and kind of anyone and everyone that kind of walked in the door. I didn't have anyone specific. And I guess I kind of did what they recommend you do at uni. So I reached out to all the doctors in my local area, wrote them letters, wrote to the clinics. I even did free info sessions trying to get clients. But unfortunately, I kind of really didn't get me very um, really didn't get me anywhere, unfortunately. So I was kind of like putting in all this effort, but not really getting any rewards, so to speak. So I guess I felt really deflated. So I kind of started looking at what else I might be able to to do to grow my private practice. Because by this stage, it was sort of like a year had gone by. 
So I actually worked with another business coach before meeting you. Um, but to be honest, I didn't really find it very helpful. I was actually in a worse position financially and clinically than what I actually started. So a long story short, I finally reached out to you. <laughs> and um, so since then, like so much has changed and I do things 100% um, is like a 360 flip. <laughs> so I guess now I have more clear type of client of who I work with and a client that I actually really love working with as well. I also just started a meet three-month program, so I no longer offer one-to-one sessions. I do all my sessions virtually, so no more face-to-face, which I really enjoy. And this also allows me to see clients Australia-wide, so not just locally as well. So it's increased my reach a fair bit. And I've also learned how to market myself better and how to use Instagram to get ideal clients without me having to chase them and do all these weird and wonderful things trying to increase my, I guess, my client base. And I think I mentioned this to you before, but for the first time in a long time, I guess I've really got that excitement about my business again. That's amazing. And, and thank you for sharing that with us. And when it comes to just to go a little bit deeper into some of what you're saying, thank you for breaking down that, you know, after university, you did reach out to physicians and, and try to get referrals and, and build up your clientele locally. You worked with another coach. Can you talk about when you came to me, you had a clear idea of gut health, which is half the battle as a lot of people, dietitians come to me and they often don't know, or they don't own their message. And you, you did, you came to me owning it. So what about, you know, you starting with me and owning your message, do you think took you to actually getting people to apply for sales calls and then become clients? What was that catalyst? So I think what it was is that when I first, I had gut health, but it was very still general gut health and kind of a bit general healthy eating for gut health and I kind of had IBS mixed in there but not really specific and I didn't really break down the type of like their person their demographics and all those kind of things so it was kind of everyone every sorry everyone kind of coming in still that wanted gut health info but I wasn't really targeting or solving their problem to make them want to book with me totally I love that so what you're saying is you got deeper in the message, solved a problem, and then that's what kind of was the, the game changer to get you. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Amazing. And you did it so fast. You really made amazing. <laughs> it's really exciting. I was really, it's like surprising, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. And if you could talk a little bit about, well, I have so many questions. So thank you for sharing that. So talk more about the type of clients. And you mentioned your niche and where you started out and how it's evolved, right? So you talked about you being general gut and now you're more specific to IBS and solving the specific pain points, the problems that people struggle with when they have IBS. So can you talk a little bit about the clients? How has that evolved? Um, Are you getting more of your ideal client because of your messaging or is there anything more you want to tell us on that story? So I guess from now I've really not just IBS, but targeted more exactly what or how I solve their struggles. So I did a lot of market research and things like that. So I specifically work with women with IBS to help improve their struggles with bloating, constipation and diarrhea. And I guess I really work to help them discover the triggers to their actual symptoms so they can eat without having that fear and also improve their quality of life because a lot of the time they're obviously quite restricted to their home and too scared to, to really interact and enjoy their lives. So I guess that's what the real kind of difference is at the moment. That's, a, that's so clear. I love that. And then like you said, um, how do you feel, you know, attracting and working with people that 
are who you intend to work with? Like, what is that change in dynamic and in your quality of, of work? So I guess for me, one thing is that you actually kind of start to enjoy <laughs> your work again, rather than people just coming to you because they're told by their doctor that they've got a particular problem and you need to help them. And it's really rewarding actually being able to see their progress and how much their life improves over the time that they're working with you. Yeah, absolutely. And then are you comfortable uh, talking a little bit about your story? Because I know that, you know, you had mentioned at this, at the top of this call and that you were diagnosed and it was a struggle for you for, you said 10 years, right? To work through getting that solved. And so your, your mission is to help women not have to take 10 years to find symptom management for, you know, living with that type of pain. So how has your personal story or reflecting on your personal story helped strengthen your message and ability to relate and build community among the women you serve? So I think with my story, and it is very much typical of a standard woman with IBS. So yeah. I kind of started out and we're talking now almost 15 years ago where Google and all those things weren't available back then. So I wasn't able just to look for information, <laughs> kind of a lot of guesswork. But it was just very much a kind of fobbed off. I originally fobbed off by my doctor and they told me I had an eating disorder rather than actual IBS because I wasn't eating very much and losing a lot of weight. So kind of years and years went by and you've done all these tests and no matter how many times I found, and similar with my clients, that they're trying to express their struggles, people kind of, it's all in your head, it's distress, it's just anxiety. And what really was a turning point for me and really what I guess pushed me into wanting to become a dietitian was the fact that as a last resort, which was shocking to know now, is that my gastroenterologist recommended I see a dietitian just to see if they could help. <laughs> and they really got the ball rolling. They got, really got down to the nitty gritty of everything that was triggering my symptoms and really closed the loop. And then I knew exactly what was going on, exactly what I could eat, what I couldn't, and everything just evolved from there. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing story. And it's, it's not funny, but it's ironic that that was the last resort because now your marketing efforts can show people who are struggling with the symptoms of gas or diarrhea, constipation and bloat that you can be the first checkpoint, right? That first line of defense for them so to save them that time and, and anxiety and give them that support. So I love that, that you you know, you pull from your story and then, you know, um, really that helps you strengthen your message and relate to your clients. Yeah. And that's a lot of the feedback that I get too. Oh, you, you're, you finally understand. You're someone that understands what I'm going through. Yeah. I mean, in, in marketing, that's huge is to find some point of relatability with your audience. So I love that you're open about that. You're sharing that and you're, you're leveraging your story to connect with women and then find passion in your work. So that's great. And then what, what tips do you have? It might be what we just spoke about as far as how you effectively build the know, like, and trust factor when using social media effectively, as you do, um, to attract clients? I think the first and foremost, <laughs> and I think it's a very strong message of yours as well, is just so, show your face. Just put it everywhere. <laughs> so your ideal client, I found, really wants to see you. So they want to know both who you are, not only professionally, but also as a person, what you get up to day to day, and also how you're able to help them and solve their problem. And they also want to know how you're different from the next person. Yeah, the next absolutely. professional might be able to help them. Yeah. And with showing your face, has that, because you, you do it all the time on your feed and in your stories, and I love it. And you even talk in your stories, which is fantastic. So we can hear you, right? And get to know you more than just like a selfie. So has that always come naturally to you, being able to show up like that? 
No, I, I think when I first started doing it, <laughs> I used to get like butterflies in my stomach and be so nervous. But I'm like, you just have to do it. You have to get in. I've noticed even over the last week, I've still been showing my face, but obviously because I've got a bit of laryngitis, I haven't been doing as many videos and I can see the difference. So it's, it's definitely what that engagement I want to be able to see and hear me. Yeah. And for the record, I love that Vanessa's still recording this podcast with laryngitis because that is dedication to sharing your story and taking, you know, <laughs> perfect action. You don't have to wait until, and I guess that goes for your stories as well, right? So you showing up and letting them know, you know, my voice isn't hundred percent normal or for me, I'm not wearing makeup. I say that a lot. And you know, it builds that relatability factor because then other people think, Oh, she's human and I'm human. So I think oftentimes it's, it's helpful. And I love that you're noticing that difference and you're saying, wait a minute, I can, I can tell, you know, building the know, like, and trust, it might be skewed if you don't show up as much in the way that they can relate to you on a video is obviously the best way because they can have stimulating yeah. more senses. So I'm glad that you're identifying that you had butterflies and you worked through it. And I noticed you're putting yourself more on your feed too, which is great. And I find that the ones where I'm on my feed get a lot more engagement. Interesting. Yeah. Awesome. That's fantastic. And what made you decide to do, was there a particular thing or you just saw you were paying attention to, hey, you know, I'm going to give this a shot because I see in my, because I feel like you showed your face more in your stories before you started showing up. Yeah. Is there any strategy with that? So I just thought, and obviously we do a lot of research on kind of what else gets engagement from other people and maybe in a similar niche. Um, and I just thought that they seem to do really, really well. And I thought it doesn't hurt to give it, give everything a try. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Um, yeah. So I thought I'll just, I'll just try and I'll just see how I go. Well, I love that you're an action taker because from the beginning, you, you know, got dialed in your content, you really dialed in the pain points and the symptoms that you're, you know, really focusing on. And now you've really dialed in showing up in every place, right? In the stories and in your feed. So you're totally role modeling for, for your colleagues. And I really appreciate that. Can you walk us through your process of creating your offer? Because I believe you've progressed your offer. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I guess initially after starting in the program, we kind of did a lot of market research on my clients' biggest struggles, what kind of like support that they needed and kind of used your framework to develop in the offer for them. So I started off as single sessions, then progressed to a three-session bundle, so three 60-minute sessions with no in-between support. But I found that with IBS being so complex, um, ongoing support was really important to my clients. So, um, and they were also purchasing a lot of additional bundles. So <laughs> they were just purchasing bundle after bundle, which is great. But I just thought having more of a complete package might be a bit more helpful. So then I decided to take a leap and just dive in and do the three-month coaching program where I offer fortnightly coaching or bi-weekly and um, weekly check-in emails along with that. And um, congratulations. That's incredible. And I love your progression. And, and how are you enjoying that? How are you enjoying that the, the package and, and giving that to your clients with the between support communication? I think it's really great because I think that a lot of the time, and emails don't take a lot of time, but it gives you the opportunity to check in and see how they, they're going, but also gives them that little bit of feeling that they're getting that extra support that they need because I found a lot of the time they've got a few quick questions in between and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So you're really giving them the value that they want and delivering that in a, you know, a form where you're retaining them for longer than a bundle. So fantastic. Yeah, Excellent. And you are, we'll talk about this in a minute, because as soon as we talk about how you progress in your offers, I automatically, my brain goes to 
wanting to know how all these people are finding you, but we'll get there. So we'll, we'll get there in a minute. I know it's through social media. So if you could talk a little bit about how you're using social media to make sales. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie though. At first I felt a little overwhelmed and didn't quite understand how I was going to get clients from it because I've never been a big social media user in just in personal life. <laughs> but like I said, I'm really just eager to give everything a go. Everything's worth a try. But at first I guess I barely had any engagement. So nothing much was really happening on my feed and I felt like I was wasting a lot of time putting all this content together, but nothing really yeah. happening. But I found that, that once um, you know what you're, what you're doing and who you're talking to, so your ideal client, things really start to happen pretty organically. So you just have to not be scared to narrow the content down and speak to your ideal client. So even just having a clear call to action I found in my posts or in my bio directing people to book a discovery call. So I found that people just aren't going to reach out if they don't know what I offer. <laughs> so now I um, have potential clients reaching out via DMs, responding to one of my stories or posts, or they click the link in my bio to apply to work with me by booking a discovery call. So it's completely different. Amazing. And in that process, meaning that the potential client is going from your content to booking a call or from your content to DMs to then getting on a call with you, how do you feel about that? Meaning the sales call, how does that process feel? Getting them on the sales call to then purchasing the package. Do you feel good about that process? Anything that you want to reflect on as far as conversations with prospects? Yeah, so I think initially when I was doing them, it's quite a nerve wracking kind of experience because you don't want to come across as salesy because for me, it's genuinely about wanting to help them. But I guess trying to convey how I'm able to help them the best that I can. So I think after working with you and going through how you structure them, it's really helpful because it's just a free-flowing conversation really focused on their goals and what they're hoping to achieve and really how you're able to help them get there. Absolutely. Yeah, so you're saying that sales calls, sales conversations about enrolling into your package feel more about the client and their needs and does it feel less stressful? Yes, it's far more relaxed. Before I used to almost be like really tense conducting them and had a, like a really strict script and all these kind of things that just was not helpful. Yep, I hear you. I totally hear you. So many dietitians I'm sure can relate because a lot of us are afraid of sales calls. And I think it's a lot about reframing, like you said, you're helping the person. And then it's, you know, it's a conversation. It's an opportunity to, to talk to, hopefully if you're marketing well, <laughs> the person that you want to help and provide them with a solution that you're confident about giving them a result for, I, you know, assuming that they're a good fit, right? So I'm they're happy to hear. They've also reached out to you. So they wouldn't have reached out to you if they weren't after something. And that's my favorite part, right? It's not cold calling. It's, it's a warm lead, meaning somebody who's interested. And, and when you, if you get them... That's why content is so important. You get them warmed up by building community and creating content to solve their problems. And it's just so natural to get them on, on the phone and talk about those next steps. So it, it feels really good. So thank you for inspiring the listeners to, to feel less overwhelmed and stressed out about that process. Because I think a lot of private practice dietitians overcomplicate how to enroll yes. clients into their services. And it really doesn't have to be that way. You don't you know, need to have an, any kind of fancy, complicated system to get somebody to be able to, to pay you and for you to serve them. And then you really give them a lot of value. It's so true. And I find too, by the time I'm on the phone with them, it's as if we're like, they know me, they've known me for ages. It's very relaxing. Oh, hi, Vanessa. You know, very calm and it's nice. That's nice. 
And one thing I've noticed too is that when you show your face, it's also easier because then it kind of calms anxiety because if you hop on the phone with somebody and they don't know what you look or sound like or they can't remember because you're not very present on your feed, it can cause another disconnect. So anything to make the sales call more comfortable, right? Yeah. <laughs> and are you conducting those on are you conducting those on video or phone, Vanessa? Phone at the moment, but I'm thinking about switching to video. Nice. Wonderful. Excellent. And um, what did your Instagram feed look like before compared to what it looks like now? Oh my goodness. So <laughs> it was kind of a bit of everything everywhere. No real structure, no content focusing on one particular thing. Um, so I kind of had recipes, blogs, you name it, nothing specific. Um, yeah. I also didn't have a clear message. So I wasn't really talking to one particular person. And I found it was a lot more clinical kind of speak as well. Uh-oh. Very clinical terminology. I know. No, no, no. Not the clinical speak. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's quite definitely quite the shift now. Your, your content is excellent and very focused and it, it speaks to, to your success. Um, and I also, uh, another thing that I didn't have was a clear handle or bio either. So I had no call to action. I didn't even have myself as my profile picture on Instagram. I remember that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and it was probably, I guess, a bit more vanity related. <laughs> so I wanted to be sort of like a resource still, but I also wanted to throw my qualifications out there and kind of let everybody know, like, all the knowledge that I kind of had. But what I found is that doesn't really mean much to them. I just want to know that you're able to help them. Completely agree. I'm glad you said that. And, um, yeah, what a transformation, right, from your logo. And that wasn't that long ago. That was No, only two Two months, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So changed the profile picture, adjusted the handle to, to really relate with the IBS community as well as got that content strategy to not uh, focus on clinical speak and um, yeah. focus more on, on community and solving the problem. Wonderful. And is there anything else about the content creation process that you want to share with us? Any kind of fun facts when it comes to you, you know, getting your content out there? So one thing I thought that I would never be doing is doing like a little mini photo shoot at home <laughs> for photos to capture and things like that. So I found that a bit fun. And that there's actually like a real process involved. It's not just randomly putting stuff together, I guess. So there's definitely a kind of like a few steps that I go through now. So it's not just I'll think of this and make a post and pop it up. It's sort of like a lot of market research that I kind of do. So I set time aside each week for that. And I kind of create posts that really speak to pain points and solve problems rather than just information, trying to throw info at the people on my feed. And at the moment, I'm still kind of working what works best. So I only schedule a couple of posts at a time to kind of learn from that because before I was scheduling weeks in advance. (laughs) And that's really smart. Thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of us give ourselves a gold star thinking that we planned ahead, but I don't suggest doing that. I suggest doing exactly what you're doing until there's a little bit more clarity and you already have clarity because people are signing up and and, uh, to sales calls and paying you for your package. But until that's more and more clear, I suggest the listeners to not batch create until you know that what you're doing is getting you the result you intend. And once you hit that, that's when you want to focus more on looking at, okay, you know, what can I recreate and and what are, is my best performing post? And I know you're doing that and it's obviously working. Yeah. And I find too, it also makes the creation process a lot quicker like it used to take me two three hours to do a post whereas now I can do 15 minutes half an hour 
amazing. And isn't that, isn't that ironic? It used to take you two to three hours to make posts that were random that didn't get you results. And now it takes you 15 to 30 minutes to make posts that get you sales calls that get you clients. Love it. It's yeah. so weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible, right? That, that level of clarity and strategy. So thank you for, for sharing that. And um, what advice do you have for dietitians who want to grow their virtual practice or they want some tips as far as things you wish you would have known or done in your journey? I think the biggest thing that I can say is just do it. <laughs> so just take a leap of faith and don't worry about or wait until tomorrow because from my experience, you go, oh, yeah, tomorrow, I'll think about it next week. And before you know it, six, 12 months has gone by and you're still in exactly the same position that you were before. Yeah, that's some solid advice. Um, so, and you are such an action taker, right? So you've been able to implement very quickly and progress very fast. Um, so you are really setting a great example. So thank you for, for sharing your stories with us. And what's next in your business? Like, are you willing to share where you want to take this? And so some of your, you don't have to share the loftiest of goals, but any kind of hints and into, you know, where your mindset's at? So I guess, I'm very much for the sky's the limit, anything's kind of possible. <laughs> but immediately, I guess, after filling my three-month coaching program, so once that's full, um, my goal is also to start including maybe some group coaching as well as my one-on-one, -on -one, and then hopefully eventually even do some online programs as well where I might, clients might not necessarily need me to complete it. Amazing. Those are great goals. I love that progression. Yeah. So focusing on one thing at a time, filling up your roster for the program and then progressing to a group program and then progressing to an opportunity where there's less and less of Vanessa in it. And at that point, you'll really be able to have dialed in and nailed down um, how you're helping them to the, you know, the, the most, you know, as you get more and more clear, you're able to help them on a deeper, more clear level and, and really delegate and get that all ironed out. Yes. So that's yeah. exciting. Um, it is. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, and and but at the rate you're going, that'll be in a 30 to 60 days. So, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> Fantastic. Anything else you want to share with us before we hop off here and, and sign off from this conversation? I think maybe just one bit of tip would be to everyone listening: is don't be afraid to just get started and have faith in yourself. Absolutely. Just set some clear goals and just give it a go. And why do you think dietitians are so struggle with that? Why do you think that that's so hard for us? Well, I think definitely still something I'm working on, as you know, is I think we're a bit of perfectionists and we like everything to be perfect. And I know from my experience, I was kind of wanting everything ready to go before I did anything, whereas now I've found start and then just progress as you go. Yep. We just need to be reminded of that all the time. And I do think that us dietitians do tend to have perfectionism. So we just have to learn new habits and, and yeah, have some, some trust in the process and then listen to role models like you and get inspired and connected on social media and, and look at how you're paving the way. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Vanessa, thank you so much for your time. Can you remind us where to find you on social so everybody can follow and support you? That's at ibs.freedom on Instagram. Excellent. Wonderful. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothchild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.